Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. This morning, we have somebody very special that is going to be speaking and preaching today. He's actually a son of the house. You all know him really well. Um, he's somebody, he, he's actually our pastor over our assimilation here, as well as our pastoral care. He does all of our funerals here, all that kind of stuff. He is amazing. Uh, he preaches all the time. And I want to tell you, we actually were going over the message this past Wednesday, as we do every week, that he's going to be preaching here today. And the message he's going to be sharing today is something, I'm telling you, it, it will, I'll just say it hits like a truck. The message he's going to be preaching today, it is very powerful. It is very timely. I'm telling you, it's going to minister to you. So I want to encourage you, open up your heart. Let the Lord minister, minister to you this morning. But enough of that. I want you to go ahead and give your biggest welcome, welcome to Pastor Terry Nelson. All right. I know I'm on because y'all heard me. Some of y'all heard me cough earlier right there in the corner. So I know I'm mic'd up. And so normally uh, I do, man, I love Pastor Mark. My family will love Pastor Senia. I don't normally get to honor Pastor Levi. He's going up. Wait, don't go in the green room just yet. There he is right there. And so uh, I just want to honor Pastor Levi. I'm just going to tell you, uh, y'all give him a hand this morning. <laughs> Pastor Levi and Elle, they do an amazing job. And I'm just telling you, just... Uh, personally, uh, just to, in the last six years to see you grow. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing. He's a great example for everybody that's on staff. You know the staff knows. Man, there's nothing that Pastor Levi won't do. He won't get his hands inside. And he's the first one to volunteer. There's nothing that's beneath him. And I just want to tell you, you're a great example to the church, to this flock, and to my family, bud. We love you. All right. Well, uh, this morning we're going to continue on part three of brokenness in this series. Come on, how many of you have been blessed, man, these last couple of weeks? Come on, it's been good. We're going to continue in on brokenness and just suffering, man. How many of you know you just, I mean, as soon as uh, the baby comes out, man, of the womb, man, suffering is a part of life. I mean, it is suffering, just trials, tribulations, and uh, speaking of suffering, um, I've got an example of running, and so let's talk about running just for a second. Uh, you know, I don't, some people, they like to run. I mean, I'm the kind of person, hey, look, I'm not running unless, you know, a bear is chasing me or something. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some people, they're just like that. They love to run. Uh, I like what running does for me, And uh, but about 10 years ago, uh, I just started noticing, come on, man, you know, right before I hit 40, that metabolism started slowing down. Y'all know what I'm talking about, and uh, actually, it come to a halt. And, uh, and so I was like, man, I started noticing a little bit of back fat coming up here. And I'm like, man, y'all know what I'm like, where in the world did this come from? And, and so I was like, man, I need to run a little bit, burn some, uh, car, uh, some calories. And 
So anyway, I started running again just to get rid of some back fat and some other things going on. And, uh, but anyway, while I was starting to run a little bit, and I'm just enjoying it, my wife comes to me, and she says, hey, she said, I, I noticed you're running and stuff. She said, why don't we run together? And I'm like, that's fine. You look good. I mean, no back fat or nothing going on right there. And, and uh, hey, I don't know where that came from. But listen, uh, uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you, uh, uh, men, if your wife does have uh, back fat, just don't tell her that, okay? And so, uh, and so anyway, um, yeah, we're going to keep moving. <laughs> and so anyway, I said, uh, yeah, I said, uh, I, I said what, are you, what are you thinking about? And she said, well, I want to, let's run a half marathon. And I'm like, like what? Like, wait, what, what? I don't even know how far that is. You know, it's, it's half a marathon. I know it's a long way. And we're talking skinny people run that marathon. And I'm like, well, half, how far is that? And she's like, oh, it's, you know, it's 13.1 miles. Yeah, 13.1 miles. And I'm like, I don't even like driving that far. And, uh, and she's not here and she can't defend herself just yet. And so she'll be at next service. But I told her, I said, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my entire life. I was like, no way. And, uh, but if you know my wife, bruh, uh, she's pretty persistent. And uh, so anyway, yeah, so she talked us in, you know, in running a marathon together as a couple and everything. And so uh, we started training, you know, for this thing. It was months out, and I encourage you, you, you need to train for it. You don't just wake up and say, I'm going to run 13 point. You're you, you in for a hurting. And so... Uh, so we started training for it, and I wanted to run. I mean, seriously, if I was going to do it, I mean, I'm going to do it with all my might. I'm going to do the best I can. And so uh, we started training for months, running up in there six miles, seven miles, eight miles, ten miles. When I got to about ten miles is, is right before a couple of uh, weeks before race day, I was running about a seven-minute and 40-second uh, mile, which is pretty good. I mean, it's good for me. And so I was like, man, we're at a good pace. And I remember uh, reading an article about race day and different things to eat and everything, and then, uh, but one of the paragraphs was, hey, if you've never run a race, if, it is, if this is your first race, you need to be careful because your adrenaline's kind of pumping and everything's going on, and he said, you have to be careful uh, to, to make sure that you don't run ahead of your pace that you've been training at. Well, look, I just, I just skipped that paragraph altogether, and, uh, and I should have been paying attention, so race day comes, all right? It's early in the morning. It's at the state capitol, and uh, okay, I'll just go ahead and tell you when race day came, I was by my lonesome, okay? My wife was not with me on it. She, to her defense, she hurt her knee a couple of weeks ago. Whatever, I'm by myself in this thing now, okay? <laughs> and so anyway, sure enough, man, you're in your groups if you've ever been in a race like that. And uh, man, the, the gun goes off. And so we're running. And I'm telling you, bro, I'm feeling good. All right. I'm in adrenaline's pumping, man. And I'm just taking off and I'm like, no, this is too slow. This pack I'm with, you know. So I move on to the next pack and I'm like, man, they running too slow too. So I go on to the next pack. And then all of a sudden, man, I'm running after one, two, three miles. I'm like by my lonesome already. I'm like, I'm ahead of everybody. And I'm like, I'm thinking I'm cruising on this thing. Yeah. Yeah, about mile five, six comes on. And I'm telling you, I realized that about mile six that I'm running right at close to six minutes a mile, okay? Uh, and I'm going to tell you, that's cruising, all right? That's a minute and 45 seconds below my pace time, all right? But, I, I mean, I'm thinking, good, we're going to last the whole way. No, friend. Come mile six, I noticed it wasn't my lungs, okay? It was my legs, 
by mile six, man, I'm, I'm telling you, my legs started feeling like just uh, knives going in them. I was like, oh my gosh. And I was, okay, all of a sudden the paragraph goes through my mind. You know, I was like, oh, I should have paid attention. And I remember as I was running mile six and seven, I mean, it was, I was thinking maybe it'll work its way out. No, no, no. It was working its way in. All right. And it was getting worse and worse. And I just remember thinking, oh gosh, I have got seven more miles left of this thing. So I was like, well, I'm going to tone it down just a little bit. And of course, you know, everybody I'm past, they all passing me up now thinking, oh, yeah, look at Cat Daddy here. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Mr. Speedy Gonzalez here. Yeah. And so they're all passing me up. And, and so anyway, and that's embarrassing. That's a whole nother message in itself. And so they're passing me up and I'm still, it's hurting so bad. So I'm toning it down now. And then now I've got my scooters, you know, that are just passing me up. And, and I'm going to tell you my seven, eight, and I'm telling you the pain is getting worse horrible. I'm getting to where, I mean, I feel like I just can't go any further and I still have five miles left to go. And I remember thinking all of a sudden, bro, I'm I'm about to quit. This is it. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, the exit door is looking pretty good, okay? I'm suffering. I'm, you know, have you ever been in a race like that? They got people with the cups, you know, they're passing down and they're going through the neighborhood. I was in my mind thinking, I'm just going to keep going straight and, and, and maybe even act like I'm serving cups up in front of them or something. And uh, I'm about to bail on this thing, bro. And I'm telling you, it was real. I was, I mean, I'm, I was making, and then I was like, man, you just can't quit. What? And then all of a sudden I had this thought. I've been in athletics my whole life. I've never faked it injury in my life, but I almost faked it. I really, I thought about just being like, oh, you, you, you guys go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a break right here. I mean, this is true. And I mean, mentally, if you've ever run for long distances, it's not just physically, it is mentally. As you continue to run, as you continue to suffer, I mean, it takes a toll on your mind, man. You've got to be mentally sharp, man, when you're running those things. And I'm going to tell you, as I just debated about quitting, debated, I mean, it was right there. I was just like, I can't go anymore. I mean, every step that I took was painful. I got to mile nine. And look, we still had right around four miles left to go. I was on mile nine. And I'm telling you, I was thinking about quitting. And then, you know, of course, they had one of these little stations. And a little girl had this sign up. She had this sign up holding it up for all the runners. And it said, run if you can. Walk if you have to, crawl if you must, but just don't quit. Man, I'm telling you, when I, when I read that, there was something stirring on the inside of me, and I was like, man, you, you just can't quit. And I wish the pain would have gone away, but it didn't. I just remember on the inside, I remember in a race like that, when you're in an official race, if you quit, before you go across the finish line, they don't even record your time. They don't even, your name doesn't even get put down. It is like you never even started the race. And I thought about it when I thought, you thought like that. It's, it's our, our same walk with the Lord, man. Jesus said, he who endures to the end shall be saved, man. No, we're in it for the long haul, man. And our goal, listen, my goal at that moment, man, was just to get out of this thing. But no matter what, man, I just realized you cannot quit. You cannot. I'm telling you, in the midst of your suffering, that's the title of this message is today. Run if you can, walk if you have to, crawl if you must, but just don't quit. Don't quit. 
How many know that when suffering comes on, you're looking for that exit door? Isn't that right? I mean, seriously, as suffering continues on, as trials, tribulation, your brokenness continues on, that healing gets delayed, man. How many know on the inside, that exit door, you just want relief. You're just tired of fighting whatever physical pain, what kind of relationship pain, emotional finances, marriage, whatever it is, man. You're just like, I'm ready to be done with this thing. Am I right? In James, I want to read this scripture. In James 1, 2, it says this. Consider it a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. How many know that trials come in many kinds? All kind of ways, things that might not be trials to other people, but my gosh, they're trials to you. And he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then he says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Come on, James said, let perseverance finish its work. I mean, you know that he wouldn't have put that in there if we wouldn't have been looking for the exit door. Come on, in the midst of of the trial and tribulation. You see, sometimes our goal when we're suffering, sometimes our goal in our finances, sometimes our goal is just to get out of it as soon as possible. Listen, our goal might not be God's finish line. You understand? God's finish line might be being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. No, you're going to learn how to handle your finance. You're going to learn. You've got to endure these sufferings, the strengthen of your faith. You've got to go through this. You can't bail on it because there's other things that are coming your way, and you have got to learn now. Listen, some of us, we don't mature because he says so that you may be mature and complete. Sometimes, listen, we don't mature. We're not complete in certain areas. It's because we get out on the exit door. Listen, when he gets tough and too long we just looking you know why the whole uh god's going this way we looking to go that way am i right but how many know you take that exit door hey how many know there's another door sitting on the other side of that you know there's a lot of people man a lot of people that uh in the bible that have gone through it listen i know man i i i know personally and I've seen things through people in 20-something years, 20, around 22 years right now, I've been living from the gospel. Man, I'm telling you, I know you guys are suffering. I know there's things that you might be good right now, but I'm going to tell you, I know that next week, tomorrow, anything can happen. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And there's things on the outside. Everything looks good on the outside, but on the inside, man, your havoc is being reached on the inside on your emotions. You know what I'm talking about? We're going to look at a a person that went through it. It's in John 5. John 5, verse 1, it says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Suffering. 38 years. I've talked to people that have chronic pain. I mean, joint pain. When people talk about arthritis and some of these things just physically to get up. I mean, you know, it's not just physically. When you're going through it day after day, emotionally on the inside, man, it takes a lot of strength on the inside, not just physically to move forward. 
Man, Pastor Warren was talking about his uh, vertigo, and we were talking a little bit about it and, and some of that, and he said he went through it for six months. I'm like, my goodness, six months. And I'm thinking I was only seasick one time, and I was begging Jesus to come back. You know what I'm saying? If you've ever had motion sickness, man, I was like, Jesus, if you come back, I'm okay with it right now, man. Six months. But yet, he had another perspective. He talked to another man. He said, man, six months? He said, I've been dealing with vertigo for two and a half years now. Bro, that's suffering. 38 years. It says, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time. Now, look at here. There's crowds of people. All kind of people, blind, lame, just, just imagine a whole sea of people like this, just lame, just suffering all over. But it says that Jesus noticed this one. He singles one of them out. And he says this, that, that Jesus saw him and knew he'd been ill for a long time. I mean, in a crowd of people, I'm here to tell you that God can single you out. Jesus can single you out. Whatever, listen, whatever you're suffering, Jesus knows how long you have been through it, man. How long your brokenness. He knows when it started. Listen, he knows what you're going through right now. He's there. He's with you. And it says that he asked him this, would you like to get well? And I'm just thinking, man, this guy's been 38 years. He didn't ask him if he was the Messiah. Do you believe that I can do this? He just simply asked him this question. Do you want to be made well? Because how many know that sometimes Pastor Mark preached about a couple of weeks ago. How many know when you've been suffering for a, a, a long time? How many know that sometimes you lose the fight? Come on, sometimes you lose the desire to, you know what, to move forward, to keep believing God. You say, no, I tried. I've been quoting scriptures. Or even sometimes... You know, we just accept and say, you know what? This is what God has me going through. We just kind of say, you know what? This is my lot in life. Well, that is true. The Bible does talk about that. Even in Revelations, he was talking to one of the church. He said this, after you suffered a little while, then I will strengthen you. Yes, there is suffering the time. But I'll tell you this, this, God might have had this guy suffering for 38 years, but there's no sense. It was obvious the rest of the scripture that God didn't want him suffering 38 years and one month. God didn't want him suffering 38 years in one day. How I many you know that when Jesus comes on the scene, regardless of how long you've been suffering, we don't want to suffer any longer, stay in a trial any longer than we have to. Am I right? But he asked him this. He says, do you want to get well? Verse 7, the man says this. He says, I can't, sir. So it's almost like it's not a matter of whether I want to or not. It's about ability. I can't. And then he gives his reason. He says, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the waters bubble up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. So in the context of the scripture, what would happen is, is at this pool, uh, at this huge uh, pool, what would happen is the spirit of God would come in, uh, uh, an angel, and it says it would stir the water. And then whoever got in first would get healed. And he's saying this. So that's what he's referencing. He's like, I don't have anybody to put me in. I don't have anybody with me. I'll tell you this, God uses people 100%. God uses people to encourage us, to help us in our suffering. But I'm telling you this, that people are not our source. God is. God is our source. And I'm telling you, I, I've looked at, I've been, I've been challenged in my own life. When you're suffering and going through it and you're looking for other people to encourage you, you're looking for other people to give you that word or, or to provide for you or whatever else, how many know that you're going to be disappointed? 
No, because you're gonna, when you're looking to people, those resources are going to run out. But I'm telling you, when you're looking to God and God is your source, look, I mean, know that his resources are ever-reaching. They're everlasting. They're unlimited. I mean, look at this guy. It was the facts. He could not get up and go to the pool when the healing would happen into the water. But listen, but, and, he, and that's all he could see. I, I can't get it. I don't have anybody to help me. But the truth of it is, is that in this, uh, in this atmosphere, he couldn't get to the water. But I'm going to tell you, the healing of the water got up and came to him. That's really what happened. He couldn't get to Jesus. He couldn't get to the healing, but Jesus came to him. That's God's resources. And then Jesus said this, told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed, and he rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Come on, 38 years. 38 years of suffering led to, listen, even though you think, man, that's terrible, whatever it is, but listen, the end of the 38 years led him into a one-on-one, face-to-face conversation with the Messiah, the Son of the living God, who asked him personally, do you want to get made well? Man, listen, wherever you're at, listen, God's working on a bigger canvas, man. There's always an end. The Bible says that the weight of glory that's working toward us far outweighs our suffering in this moment. I want to talk about two areas that we can't quit on in the midst of your brokenness and suffering. Two areas. Number one, we can't quit on fighting and wanting to be made whole and healed. Man, look at that persistent widow. Man, she was suffering. But that example is used, it says this, that God was with her. And he says, man, he tarried long with her, man, night after night. But she kept going. She was suffering. She was consistent, persistent. No, I need uh, justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. And it says the Lord was with her the whole time. But then he said this, but when the Son of Man comes to the earth, will he really find faith? See, it's about faith. It's about trusting God, man. We cannot quit. We've got to, at any moment, we've got to be ready to say, you know what? I'm believing God. Whenever it lasts, whenever God's ready, I'm ready. I'm believing God. I'm standing on the word of God. We can't quit fighting. Number two, we can't quit on God. He's our source and not people. You know, people, man, God has used people. Yes, God uses people to encourage You see, people can give hope, but they're not hope itself. They can give comfort, but they're not comfort themselves. See, the Bible says that he is the God of comfort. He is the God of hope. See, he'd only, God doesn't just give hope or give comfort. No, he is hope. He is comfort. That's who he is. You know, it's a part of his name. He's not, I don't just give healing. No, I am healing. I don't just give love. I don't just show love. No, I am love. I am these things. I am the source. Come on, the Bible says that he is the vine. We are the branches. In him is life. And that life is the light of men. Come on, he is our source. I'm telling you, wherever you're at, listen, wherever you're at, God is your source. He is the vine. We are the branches, man. Apart from him, we could do nothing. You know, I just, uh, some of y'all have heard a little bit of my testimony about suffering. And, you know, about 10, uh, it happened about, uh, I'll just, 
You know, we suffer again it just through life at different times. But this one, man, that I entered, it was like nothing I'd ever entered before. When we were planting the church, my wife and I was a little bit over, about 10 years ago, we were planting the church in Tennessee, and God had called us out there. Don't, both of us in agreement. I, I know I don't look back, and I wouldn't do anything different. It's just like this was what God was doing. But I remember as I was planting the church in Tennessee, we were coming up on it. I kept telling my wife on the inside, I said, something's going on on the inside of my mind. Like some, I kept telling her, I said, I, I feel like my mind's bending. Like something on the inside is just being stretched. And she'd pray for me. Hey, you're just stressed, different things. And I'd never experienced anything like this before. And I remember as time kept coming up and, and I remember going into the uh, emergency room one time. And I do it, but I kept thinking like something's going on on the inside as we kept going on with the church plant building all the stresses, everything that it takes, man. We were believing God the whole way. God did miracles. God was working through it the whole time. But I tell you, about seven years ago, I, I can remember the day. I just remember seven years ago, I took the altar at the church plant. Uh, worship team had finished, and the congregation is out here. And I remember going to speak. But as soon as I went to speak, it was like, like something had shut down immediately. Like it was almost like you would reset a computer, like you shut it down or flip the breaker and then flip it back on. And I'm telling you, like what people say, a mental breakdown or just overload, my mind was bliss. I'm telling you, whatever happened, it physically and mentally changed me immediately. I remember it happened. I couldn't think. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I tried to move forward. We prayed and uh, we prayed. We got through service. God still moved in the service, but I got off the altar and I remember uh, telling Amy, she looked at, she knew something was wrong. And I said, man, something's happened to me. I, I can feel it. Something happened to me. And, uh, and I'm just telling you, like in that moment, like I started, oh God, I started into a living nightmare. I began in that moment to have uh, panic attacks. Uh, uh, irrational fear, acute anxiety. If you've ever had experienced a little bit, I'm telling you, it was like in that moment, uh, almost like I had almost uh, emotionally reverted to a two-year-old. It was like all the protection that, that uh, in that moment, it felt like the protection that God or mentally he's given you is totally stripped away from you. And I was just, I was left with everything else. And I, 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 it was like I was living in a nightmare, but awake. And it was, it went through day two, three, and I'm telling you, I was panicking. My mind was blissed, all kinds of stuff. And I remember going into uh, the, um, some cabins and I said, man, I'm going to be with the Lord. And so I got with the Lord and I remember just crying and the devil just wreaking havoc all over me. I mean, it was just bad, y'all. It was just, it's terrible. God forbid, man, anybody have to walk through something like that. But I remember leaning uh, on the, uh, I just remember crying. I remember leaning on the, uh, uh, the refrigerator that was in that cabinet. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, if you have ever loved me, I said, I need you to come to me now. I need you to speak to me. And I heard the Lord say this. He said, run if you can. Walk if you have to. Crawl if you must. But just don't quit. And I'm going to tell you, in that moment, there was a piece of comfort because I knew God was with me. But at the same time, I knew that I wasn't coming out of this thing. It wasn't a quick fix. And it was really a year worth of battle of battling depression and almost longing for death. Man, as you know, suffering goes on inside acute anxiety. All this, man, it went on for over a year. 
And even today, I, I look back and I mean all of that and I'm here right now. And I'm telling you, listen, and in the midst of all of it, Like, I'm still here. Come on, I'm still here, man. I'm still moving forward. Yes, I'm telling you, there have been times where I felt like I was running. Yes, there's times that I felt like I was crawling. And, you know, and, and, and you're just looking at other people and you see them running and everything. But, man, my God, quit looking at other people and keep your eyes on Jesus and keep moving forward. And to finish it, man, I'll tell you this. We're going to go back to the... Uh, to the marathon, because I told you I did finish it. I remember mile nine after the, the young lady had the sign and, and I continued to run. Man, it continued to hurt. Uh, 10, 11, 12. Oh gosh, it hurt so bad. But I'll tell you this, when I got into the end of mile 12, you started seeing people that were holding these signs and different things that man were congratulating the runners and hey, just got a little bit further. And if you've ever been in a race like that, a big race, man, I got to, uh, it was about 200 yards. I could see the finish line, man, the trust and all the, the stuff. And you could see uh, it, it, there was this line. It was a wall of people, all family members, people, all the runners, their family members, their friends, all there, the kids, little kids, congratulate, older people just there cheering on those runners, man, as they were coming through. And I'm going to tell you, it was a struggle to get there. But I'm going to tell you, when I came through that, just that wall of people, man, that scripture came. Therefore, being surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down and the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, come on, who initiates and perfects our faith. Come on, y'all can, uh, I guess it's up there. It's on the left side. Yeah, it's up there. I'm just telling you, listen, wherever you're at, look, wherever you're at in your marriage, wherever you're at in your finances, yes, you might be crawling. You might be running in some areas, man, emotionally. You might be walking or whatever it is, but I'm here to tell you, man, do not quit, man. Keep your hand on the plow. Run if you can. Keep your eyes off of other people. Just keep them on Jesus and just keep moving forward. God is with you. He's with you. And I'm telling you, you're not alone, man. You're here with us, man. The body is with you to stand with you. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I want you to stand to your feet. Come on, I want, to, I want you to just close your eyes, man. Just close your eyes with me. Come on. Come on, you say, Pastor, man, I've been through it, man. I've been going through it. Come on, some of you in here, man, you've been thinking about quitting. I know it's been tough. I know it's tough mentally. I know it is. I know it is. God knows it's, he knows it's tough. But you're not alone. But man, you got to get open. You got to be honest. You got to let other people in. Come on, you say, Pastor, 
Man, I need somebody to stand with me and say, Pastor, I've been going through it, man. I've been thinking about quitting in some other areas. Or you say, man, I need somebody to stand with me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I've been going through it. I see your hands. Come on, your hands going up. Right now, you say, Pastor, man, I need other people to stand with me right now. I've been going through it. Come on, right now, we've got people with their hands up right now. I want some believers. Come on, we're going to stand together. Come on, keep your hand up. We're going to have believers that are going to come around. Y'all look around. You'll see some people with their hands up. They've been going through it. Come on, when y'all begin to lay hands on them, we're going to pray for them. Come on, y'all begin to lay hands. We're going to pray for them. We're going to stand with them. Come on, the Lord loves you. Come on, just begin to pray. Come on, begin to pray for them. Come on, God's with you. God's with you. Hang in there. Hang in there. Come on, we're not going to quit. Come on, you're not going to quit until you hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on, you're not going to quit in your marriage. You're not going to quit in your finance. You're not going to quit with your spouse. Come on, with your kids, your job. You're going to keep moving forward. Come on, I'm going to pray. Come on, Father. Come on, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every life, God, every family, God. Come on, thank you, Lord, that you're with us, God. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. Father, I pray for every family, God, every husband, every mother, God, every father, God, every child, God, I pray for them. God, supernatural strength, oh God, to keep moving forward, God, that you're with them, oh God. You're with them, oh Lord, to keep moving forward, to speak life, oh God. You say, I can. God is with me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, oh God. Lord, you give us strength, oh God. Come on, you give us strength. Go ahead, go ahead. Come on. There'll be another in the waters Holding back the seas Should I ever need reminding Of how I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden Where another died for me There is another in the fire He's standing next to me there is another in the 
for you. Just lift up your hands. Come on, I'm going to pray for you before we're dismissed. Come on, I'm going to pray for you. Pray for your family. Father, I just thank you, God, for every life. God, every family that's represented here, Lord. Father, Lord, you're mindful of us, God. All that we have, all that we are, we give to you, Lord. God, I ask you to bless them. God, bless them spiritually, God, physically, emotionally, God, financially, God. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, oh God, to be a blessing, God. Lord, I thank you, oh God, for them, Lord. Come on, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on, and everybody said, amen and amen. Hey, you guys, so much. So we miss Pastor Mark. Come on, we got Pastor Levi that's going to be coming up next week. Y'all give him a hand. Come on, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be great. Look, God bless you. Uh, as you go, you're dismissed.